This morning's reading is from John's Gospel, starting to read at the beginning of chapter 21. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out fishing, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment round him, for he'd taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred meters. When they landed, they saw the f a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many in the net, it was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Keith. That's great. Let's just pray for a moment.
Heavenly Father, I want to thank you this morning that your love for us is way beyond anything that we can grasp this morning. Beyond our thinking, beyond, beyond our understanding, our experience. Father, I want to thank you that you know each one of us by name, and this morning it is personal for you that you long to meet with us. You long to reveal yourself to us. You long to minister to us. Father, thank you that every hair on our head is numbered. There's nothing you don't know about us. So we ask afresh that you would pour out your grace afresh into our lives. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for the depth of your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning. Good to see you uh, this morning. So, as I say, we're coming to land thinking about the theme of forgiveness. You may have been here every week, you may have not been here every week, but uh, we're going to close with that. And this morning is a mixture. I'm going to go quite quickly, but at the end of it, I'm going to leave some time for us to do a little business and to invite you to think about how do you need to respond to that. There'll be an opportunity to do that personally in writing some things down and bringing them to the front. I may lead one or two prayers. And if you'd like to be prayed for at the end, do come to the front, to my right, your left, and someone will love to pray with you. So um, in case you might think that I'm up for Pharisee points and I've got forgiveness sorted and I'm here to tell you how it all works. In the spirit of openness, I'd just like to say one day this week, we were sat around the dinner table and I, there was Joe, Joshua and myself. And I, and I said to them, I said, okay, is there anything you, I need to say sorry to you for? Is there anything I need to repent of this morning? Three hours later, no, I joke, I joke, it wasn't three hours later. Uh, a little bit later, I found that the fact that I don't eat enough green vegetables was actually really upsetting to my family. And actually, they were quite cross with me about that, that I wasn't setting a good example in eating well and all those other things. There were also some other things in the spirit of openness about my ability to constantly follow through on what I said I'd do that actually that hurt when I let people down. Forgiveness matters. Forgiveness is real, and forgiveness affects everybody around you. <clears throat> I've also had quite a few lovely conversations over the last three or four weeks with people over the last summer, which are really difficult. People who know they're on a journey of forgiveness, but finding it really difficult from actually some pretty difficult things they've had to endure during their life but also people who are finding joy in forgiveness. That the verse that's used in Scripture that I feel often so applies is that the Lord is restoring the joy of our salvation. When actually, for various reasons, we, it either gets taken from us or we let go of it. Because the thing is this, everywhere we go, and I don't need to say this to you, but everywhere we go, we find broken people, we find broken relationships, we find broken promises, we find broken people, broken leaders, whether it's in the secular world or the Christian world. So the question is, how do we put Humpty Dumpty back together again? And well, this morning, what will really convince you about the beauty of forgiveness? Because I really do believe that Forgiveness, God's forgiveness, is an incredibly beautiful gift to us. 
those of you who know, if you have your Bible out, I'm just going to whiz through various bits of John 21. I've preached on this before, but I'm just going to quickly look at it. John 21 is the great passages uh, in the New Testament. And part of the reason I've chosen this passage is it contains a real person. A real person who you can observe and see and think of the journey they've been on. They've been through all sorts of things, and it's there for us to see. It's a passage that's full of forgiveness. It's a, pas- a passage that's full of healing. And you need to remember the context for this passage. That this is just after Jesus' disciples had completely failed him. They'd abandoned him. Betrayed him. They proved themselves to be weak. To be cowardly. To be full of fear. And at the very time of Jesus' greatest need, when he was hung on a cross, they weren't there. Peter particularly, those of you who know your Bible, will know is a particularly fascinating character in the Bible. He's someone who had made very bold claims to Jesus. Peter, in his own mind, was a man of integrity and a man of courage. Yet we know just before this, Peter denies Jesus three times. Do you know, at the moment of testing, at the moment of crisis, when actually everything was on the line, he chose to save his own skin and show that he wasn't somebody with integrity at all. And you think when you read that and you know something about what happens in the secular world, that someone who would do that to Jesus that their future would be doomed. Their future would have no future. Their failures were so great at the moment that it mattered that actually they would be cast forever in the kind of sense of failure. And what's extraordinary about this passage, if we stop to think about it, is it doesn't look like Peter is the kind of person God would trust with his mission and with his purposes. But in this passage, Jesus does a really beautiful thing that shows us the wonder of forgiveness and in an exquisite way brings healing and restoration to Peter's life. Jesus is the great physician. So this morning, I just need to say, if you personally have let anybody down, if you've let God down and you know it, these verses matter to you this morning. Because the thing is this, defeat, disappointment, failure, sin don't have to be the last words in Jesus' hands. So what do we notice in this passage about how the risen Jesus deals with Peter? Just before we have a quick whiz through it. A couple of weeks ago, some of you may have seen in the news that some activists attacked Vincent van Gogh's sunflower paintings in the National Gallery in London, causing huge amount of damage. It's often happened in different galleries that people have come in and does that. Obviously, they come in, they want to destroy artworks and sculptures and to make their point about their particular cause. But what do the officials do next after something has been damaged or defaced? they throw them out? Did they forget they didn't exist and just write them off? Absolutely, absolutely not. They find the best experts, the people with the greatest expertise, the most skillful craftsmen and artists, and they work with utmost care and precision 
in making every effort to restore the treasures to their former glory, to their beauty. The disciples have gone back to Galilee to do what they've done before, what they know. They've gone back to fish for fish rather than people. As usual, Peter is at the forefront of what's going on, leading the others out fishing. You'll notice he said, I'm going out to fish, it says. And then the others follow Peter as they head out, but they literally catch nothing on their fishing trip. On the shore is Jesus unrecognized, and he calls out to them. And what you'll notice as he calls out to them here, but also through the passage, you'll notice something, that Jesus is constantly taking the initiative in this passage. Jesus is calling them back. Jesus is calling Peter back. He's taking initiative, longing to bring healing and forgiveness. And I wonder this morning whether you believe that your healing and forgiveness actually matters to God. That actually maybe it's not all about you. Actually, God longs for you to take hold of your inheritance as his people. Peter says, friends, and Jesus, sorry, says, friends, haven't you any fish? As if Jesus didn't know. Throw the net on the other side, he says again. After this, come and have breakfast, Jesus says. And finally, right at the end of the passage, Jesus says to Peter, follow me. What you'll notice through this passage is that Jesus is calling the disciples, but Peter in particular, back to the call God has on their lives. So to the lost, the fallen, the disillusioned, to the doubtful, to whether you're really disappointed this morning or broken or stuck, or you're actually too busy to actually recognize God this morning, God is calling you back to himself today. He longs for you to hear his voice. He longs for you to come back to him. And you may think, well, Tim, I've done lots of bad things. I'm in a bad state. I've done all these other things. But he hasn't given up on you. He hasn't given up on you, and he didn't give up on Peter. One of the things I'd just quickly say is, well, if you notice in this passage too, it is very personal in Jesus calling Peter back, but it's also about the whole disciples. It's about a community. It's done together. And I'd like to suggest to you as you come, as we come out of lockdown over the last couple of years, if we want to experience the fullness of God's forgiveness and healing, we will find that in God's community. Secondly, I'm using the word complete just because it's convenient for the C letters, but stick with me. So many of us will have, have lived under... Um, the curse and the difficulty of having failed in the past, being full of selfishness, we have done things that we can never feel we can give us, forgive ourselves for. And we feel that, you know, I've ruined my life. I'm done with. But what we know here and we know through Scripture is that failure in God, God's hands becomes an opportunity for transformation and to begin again, to start our new life in Christ. I think these verses, as I've meditated on again this week, they are incredibly tender and compassionate as Jesus engaged with Peter. But as one um, theologian put it, they also have the brutality 
of a surgeon's knife. Make no mistake, Jesus wants to get the poison out of Peter. So firstly, three quick things in this. Firstly, how do, that, how do we get to the place of getting to that place of healing? Jesus makes a fire. He's reminding Peter of when he, um, his great betrayal. Yet Peter literally, as we see in this passage, launches himself at Jesus. And obviously, if we want to see the fruits of forgiveness, if we want to know joy and peace and all those other things, if we want to find, find healing again, it starts, in a sense, with taking responsibility for the stuff we've done, for our failure, for our guilt and our shame, and come literally to Jesus' feet. Just like surgery. Surgery starts with being willing to be opened up. We've got to be prepared to be honest and be open before Jesus. Then we'll see Jesus gets to the heart of the problem in the second half of the passage that Keith read for us three times to Peter. Peter, do you love me? Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. What we find in this passage is that Peter's sins were cowardice and dishonesty. Yet Jesus gets to the root of the problem. As one person put it, gets the sin beneath the behavioral sin. Peter, have you seen that it's pride that got to you? Don't you see that cowardice is really an absence of humility? You're not better than the others, better than all of these. Slice. It's like the surgeon gets to the very root of Peter's problems. And this morning, if you want to get out under the power of your sins, if you want to uh, find healing and forgiveness, your bad habits that crush you or crush others, you know you've got flaws that you long to be free from. You need to see them as rooted as well in the desire to play God yourself, to put yourself at the center, and to push God to the margins of life. Then lastly in this bit, you've got to find the roots of the problem to get them out. And we do that at the feet of Jesus in conversation. Some of the tenderness in this passage is that Peter, even though he had every right to be kind of crushed and actually encounters Jesus also is incredibly tender, incredibly loving, incredibly forgiving and accepting of Peter as well. Because he's finally realized Peter, having been out fishing, doing his own thing, going back to what he used to do. Though, Though I am a sinner and I know I'm a sinner, I am safe with Jesus. It's the safest place to be because I know he loves me. He really loves me. And the message of the gospel, the testimony of the gospel in Peter's life and many other people's life is this, is that it can wipe away anybody's past clean. The death and resurrection of Jesus is sufficient to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all the bad decisions we made, all our sin, and to receive new life in and through Christ. However much damage you've done to others, how much damage you've done to yourself, you can start over. You can be forgiven. 
you can be restored. Christianity is not for the self-righteous. It's for those who come to Jesus. So if like Peter and me, you've, I don't know, this morning, I don't know where you are in your relationship with God, but you know, we sing bold songs. In our minds we say, yeah, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm going to spend time in your word. I'm really going to pray. I'm really going to serve God wholeheartedly this term. Do you know, I'm going to try really hard to bless others. I'm going to try and tell my friends about Jesus. And then bottom line is you made lots of promises, but you know ultimately, do you really struggle to follow it through? To be true to your word, come to Jesus' feet this morning. That's the invitation. Then lastly, Jesus commissions Peter. It's amazing that he does that in the circumstances, in this kind of encounter all at the same time. So complete the restoration, Jesus commissions Peter and the disciples to go and continue his work, feeding and tending the sheep of the great shepherd Jesus, fishing for people again. And of course, history shows that's exactly what Peter did. He embraced the commission Jesus gave to him. Peter's heart was purged of pride and envy, and he's restored, he's forgiven, he's loved, and he's transformed. Jesus simply says right at the end in verse 19, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. And Peter obediently chose to follow. And in a sense, that's what Jesus asks of us simply today. Will you follow me? Will you follow me? Peter, I'd like to suggest, those of you who know your Bibles well, but those who know a little bit, will say, is someone we can easily identify with. Flawed. His, his sort of flaws actually very much in the open, different to other people. Yet what we find in this is Jesus encountering Peter. That all our shameful things, all the things we've done wrong, all the guilt of the past... There is no reason to despair with it in the hands of Jesus. We can be forgiven. We can be restored. We can be healed. We can be saved. Are you willing to put God first in your life and follow him this coming week and allow the master restorer to work in your life? Amen. Just going to have a bit of quiet for a bit, actually. Um, on the back of last week, I'm going to do a couple of things. I put some little bits of paper. I'm just going to pray in a second on your sheet, on your sheet, on your um, chair. Thank you, John. I, I know a chair, on a chair. And actually, one of the things I was going to do, but I thought we'd run out of time, is I was actually going to offer to just do a really simple communion this morning. But actually, we're going to do that next week. So I'm saying, actually, if you have outstanding accounts, this morning is an opportunity. If you know the stuff you haven't brought before God that you've done wrong, why don't you just write it on here? A really simple method for doing forgiveness, which is you're thinking of the person who's done something. You're naming what they've done to you. And also, it might help to say actually how that made you feel.
and that's about setting accounts um, with people. And what I'm going to suggest a little bit later, if you want to write that and you'd like to lay it down, got a little basket near to the communion cup, which isn't full this morning. And when we come to respond in worship, just find a time during that time, if you'd like to, just to come and put that uh, in the basket as I pray at the end. So just can have some quiet. I'm going to pray, and then we'll uh, go from there. So Heavenly Father, thank you that you know us, that you long to bring freedom and hope. You long to lead us forward, not to be bound. Would you fall afresh upon us? And would you bring anything to mind this morning? Not to try and dredge stuff up, but just to find things that are important in our lives that you bring to mind that we want to, you want us to get free of. Come, Holy Spirit, I pray. Minister your grace afresh to us. In Jesus' name, amen.